And now, here's another Redux Church podcast. Greetings, friends from around the world. And right here in the Oklahoma City metro area where I record this today. Here's something to consider. 1 Kings chapter 13. This one may go a little long today. Uh, I will try to keep it short, but I'm going to read uh, out of 1 Kings chapter 13. And and there's an awesome thing that I got out of this. Um, and this comes courtesy of my neighbor, Ed. Uh, he was reading through the Bible in a year. He came across this uh, passage and he's like, hey, I have a question about this. And he's like, what do you think about 1 Kings 13? And I was like, I don't remember 1 Kings 13. So I went back and read it. And uh, I don't even remember what his question was, but and it may have been exactly what I'm going to talk about. But uh, um, man, what I got out of it was was super cool and it really blessed me. And I think that it will bless you as well. So if you want to grab, well, you don't have to grab scripture. You're probably driving in your car. First uh, Kings 13, I'm going to read it to you uh, and then out of the New Living Translation. And then I'm going to talk about it. And uh, we'll start at verse one and probably just do the whole thing. At the Lord's command, a man of God from Judah went to Bethel, arriving there just as Jeroboam was approaching the altar to burn incense. Then at the Lord's command, he shouted, O altar, altar, this is what the Lord says. A child named Josiah will be born into the dynasty of David. On you, he will sacrifice the priests from the pagan shrines who come here to burn incense and human bones will be burned on you. That same day, the man of God gave a sign to prove his message. He said, the Lord has promised to give this sign. This altar will split apart and its ashes will be poured out on the ground. When King Jeroboam heard the man of God speaking against the altar at Bethel, he pointed at him and shouted, seize that man. But instantly the king's hand became paralyzed in that position and he couldn't pull it back. At the same time, a wide crack appeared in the altar and the ashes poured out just as the man of God had predicted in his message from the Lord. The king cried out to the man of God, please ask the Lord your God to restore my hand again. So the man of God prayed to the Lord and the king's hand was restored and he could move it again. Then the king said to the man of God, Come to the palace with me and have something to eat, and I will give you a gift. Uh, pause. This is where uh, we're going to start focusing in on some content. So just uh, if you were not paying attention, the whole point of that first seven verses to kind of tell you, kind of set the scene of what happened. Uh, verse eight, and this is what he says. But the man of God said to the king, even if you gave me half of everything you own, I would not go with you. I would not eat or drink anything in this place. For the Lord gave me this command. You must not eat or drink anything while you are there and do not return to Judah by the same way you came. So he left Bethel and went home another way. Now, this is important, guys. Another pause here. This is important because uh, this is the what the Lord said. Don't eat or drink anything and return home a different way. Okay. Picking it up in verse 11. As it happened, there was an old prophet living in Bethel, and his sons came home and told him what the man of God had done in Bethel that day. They also told their father what the man had said to the king. The old prophet asked them, which way did he go? So they showed their father which road the man of God had taken. Quick, saddle the donkey, the old man said. So they saddled the donkey for him, and he mounted it. Then he rode after the man of God and found him sitting under a great tree. The old prophet asked him, are you the man of God who came from Judah? Yes, I am, he replied. Then he said to the man of God, come home, uh, come home with me and eat some food. No, I cannot, he replied. I am not allowed to eat or drink anything here in this place. For the Lord gave me this command. You must not eat or drink anything while you are there and do not return to Judah by the same way you came. 
But the old prophet answered, I am a prophet too, just as you are. And an angel gave me this command from the Lord, bring him home with you so he can have something to eat and drink. But the old man was lying to him. So they went back together and the man of God ate and drank at the prophet's home. This is such a key moment, guys. Verse 18 and 19, okay? The prophet says, I'm a prophet too, just as you are. Now, keep in mind to this point in scripture, they just referred to this other cat as a man of God, okay? And this prophet says, I'm a prophet too, just as you are. So he calls him a prophet and then he lies to him. It says it right there, right before verse 19, but the old man was lying to him. Anyway, so verse 19, the guy goes back and eats and drinks at the prophet's home. Verse 20, then while they were sitting at the table, a command from the Lord came to the old prophet, okay, the guy that lied to him. He says in verse 21, he cried out to the man of God from Judah, this is what the Lord says. You have defied the word of the Lord and have disobeyed the command the Lord your God gave you. You came back to this place and ate and drank where he told you not to eat or drink. Because of this, your body will not be buried in the grave of your ancestors. After the man of God had finished eating and drinking, the old prophet saddled his own donkey for him. And the man of God started off again. But as he was traveling along, a lion came out and killed him. His body lay there on the road with the donkey and the lion standing beside it. People who passed by saw the body lying in the road. And the lion standing beside it. And they went and reported it in Bethel, where the old prophet lived. Lion wasn't even eating him yet. It's crazy. Anyway, verse 26. When the prophet heard the report, he said, It is the man of God who disobeyed the Lord's command. The Lord has fulfilled his word by causing the lion to attack and kill him. Then the prophet said to his sons, Saddle a donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey. He went out and found the body lying in the road. The donkey and the lion were still standing there beside it. For the lion had not eaten the body nor attacked the donkey. So the prophet laid the body of the man of God on the donkey and took it back to the town to mourn over him and bury him. He laid the body in his own grave, crying out in grief, Oh, my brother. Afterward, the prophet said to his sons, When I die, bury me in the grave where the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the message the Lord told him to proclaim against the altar in Bethel and against the pagan shrines in the towns of Samaria will certainly come true. But even, but even after this, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil ways. He continued to choose priests from the common people. He appointed anyone who wanted to become a priest for the pagan shrines. This became a great sin and resulted in the utter destruction of Jeroboam's dynasty from the face of the earth. Okay, so that's all of chapter 13. Good job. You guys persevered. We're at seven minutes. All right, so here's, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, the thing that I took away from this, there's all sorts of stuff, man. We could do messages and just tons of them on this. But the thing that I wanted to really stick out is the old prophet, uh, what I call it is word of God deferred, okay? So what happens here is this uh, this prophet, he he's, goes to, God gives him a command. He goes into Bethel, tells Jeroboam what he's going to tell him. Uh, he, he prays, does all that, the withered hand, ashes, split altar. He sees God's work in his life. It's already there. Like it's present. It's, it's, it's so present. Jeroboam offers him food and drink. And he says, if you give me your whole kingdom, I'm still not going to do it because God told me not to eat or drink while I'm here. Okay, so he fully grasps this, right? Then an old prophet comes to him, okay? An elder, somebody who he respects, right? Somebody who he thinks knows more than him, surely. 
That prophet lies to him, which is a whole, that's man as a whole nother moment because yeah, my goodness, that'll mess with you. But we won't focus on that right now because we, well, I'm trying to keep it as quick as I can. Um, but he lies to him and, and the guy goes back and eats and drinks. Now what he has done is he has then, he has now doubted the word he got from God. Okay. Because the other prophet said, no, no, no. The Lord sent me out to tell you to go eat and drink. Now, he didn't say it like that, right? He said, well, the angel of the Lord told me to go offer you something to eat and drink. And that wasn't even true. That's the crazy part. That wasn't even true. That's the part he lied about. And so what, what happens, man, how many times in your life do you feel like a call is on your life, that you feel like God's telling you to do something or giving you some sort of direction, even if it's something small, and somebody who you respect Somebody who you respect spiritually, who's maybe in a position that that uh, maybe a counselor or a pastor or somebody like that, and they take and tell you something different. You see, what we've done in our culture is we've we've built these degrees of connectivity. In fact, some of you may think, "Oh, I'll ask Jeremy; he knows," because you're you know because I have a podcast. Look, any of you guys have a podcast? You want one? Call me; I'll hook you up. My point is, is that. That does not give anybody any kind of qualifier. You are responsible to hear God for yourself. No one is there to do it for you. And to take this moment to see this in in 1 Kings 13 where it's just such a common thing, man. I just, oh, it's so common. It's like, yes, I have this word from God. And somebody comes and tells you, hey, I don't know that that's a word from God. And so you stop right there. You stop listening to God, or at least you don't do that thing. But as soon as you don't do that thing, guess what? The results are going to be a little different, aren't they? Because God gave you some direction and you didn't follow it. So we don't even know what comes of that, right? I mean, you didn't follow what he said. So who knows? I mean, uh, we know this. We know things didn't go as the Lord had intended because you didn't make that choice. So I just want to encourage you today. Do not let your word from God, get deferred, get set aside, uh, get get canceled because somebody else that you perceive as being more spiritual than you has given you some contrary word. Okay? Now, I'm not saying don't seek wise counsel, but what I am saying is you are responsible for you. Okay? And God trusts you with his word. He lives inside of you. All right? (laughs) Hey, guys, I love you so much. I hope this helped today. Uh, At the very least, it's something to consider. And that's all the point of this is anyway, right? Hey, if you have any questions, go to redux.church. You can reach out to me, again, Jeremy Griffin, for those who don't know, and uh, or anybody, any one of our uh, folks there at Redux Church. We are uh, happy to connect with you. And when I say folks at Redux Church, I mean anybody that you've ever met because we are all the church. We are the body and we are here to be a blessing to each other. Anyway, thanks again. God bless you guys. Don't forget to check out our other podcasts here on this channel and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.